This episode is sponsored by Sprout Living, organic plant-based protein powders. If you listen to this podcast, then you know that we absolutely love functional mushrooms for their wide variety of whole body benefits, including immune support, anxiety reduction, mental clarity, and much more. You also probably know that I am devoted to my daily cup of coffee. Right now, my current favorite Sprout Living product is the Epic Protein Complete Coffee. It's bold and creamy with a touch of sweetness from coconut milk and contains a blend of five adaptogenic mushrooms, including reishi, chaga, mayatake, lion's mane, and turkey tail. So aside from a whopping 20 grams of plant protein, you're also getting awesome immune support and nervous system regulation. I blend it up in the morning with a little almond milk, and it's the perfect way to start my day. I've also been using the Epic Protein Mindful Matcha to make a superfood morning latte that also contains some pretty powerful fungi. In fact, the entire Sprout Living Epic Protein Premium line also incorporates functional mushrooms. The matcha blend I've been using contains ashwagandha and lion's mane. And in addition, it also contains brain boosting nootropics. I add some MCT oil for healthy fats and feel fueled all morning long. What makes Sprout Living different from most plant-based protein powders is that they avoid unnecessary additives that many others on the market use. That means they don't use any gums, thickeners, or natural flavoring, which isn't really natural at all. Instead, they only use real whole food ingredients, which is cool because it makes the blends multifunctional. So if you want to try Sprout Living, you can save 20% off your order by using the code CWPODCAST. Visit www.sproutliving.com and use code CWPODCAST, one word, to save 20%. They also offer free shipping and a 100% money back guarantee. Give them a try and let us know if you love it as much as we do. You can also find the direct link in our show notes. French, and this is a podcast about individual journeys within wellness and how to navigate it all. After Ali experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s, and Erica went through a self-love journey, we created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches and together with our community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness and empower you to feel your absolute best. And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. Hi guys, before we get to today's episode, we want to share how excited we are to offer our community 20% off their first order at Saqqara with code XO Courageous. 
We have been big fans of the company for years, and the Sakara Life Organic Meal Delivery Program is based on a whole food, plant-rich diet that includes fresh, nutrient-dense, and delicious ingredients. It's perfect for those weeks you need a refresh or don't have time to meal prep. They also have a clean boutique, which offers delicious food forward bars, snacks, beauty water drops, and my personal favorite metabolism super powder, which works to fire up your metabolism, stabilize blood sugar, eliminate bloat and decrease puffiness. The naturally rich low sugar, dark chocolate flavor is perfect for smoothies or simply mixed with coffee and nut milk. I also regularly use the Sakar cookbook full of plant-rich recipes, which you can purchase on their website. Click the link in our show notes to visit sakara.com and use code XO Courageous for 20% off your first order. We know you will love it as much as we do. Now on to the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Courageous Wellness. Um, we have a lovely episode today with our friend Maya Howard. This is her second time joining us on the show, um, and we have a great conversation, part two. Uh, but before we get into that and Maya's intro, um, we're going to do our usual updates. Miss Erica, I know you have a big one because you just had a birthday. I did. I did. And at the time of recording, I'm like wrapping up a week-long <laughs> birthday celebration, Um I am. We do talk a little bit about astrology in this episode too, as part of Maya's evolution um, into where she is now. But I am a Libra sun with a Leo Venus. So I am extra. And um, yes, I love, I love celebrations. <laughs> I wouldn't say as much I love to celebrate myself. Like I do enjoy a celebration of self, but um, I just love to celebrate life. I love to celebrate. I love to celebrate other people. So I've had a really fun, 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 fun week-long celebration. And it's kind of wrapping up. I'm at my childhood best friend. We met in the fourth grade and um, we've been best friends ever since. Uh, but I'm at her house right now recording this because we we do sleepovers every now and again, which is actually really wholesome and cute. And I highly recommend everyone do this with their best friends, especially as we are in our thirties. I know Allie, you guys have done with your like high school besties, like you guys go away and like do stuff. It is, I guess that's my first update. It is so nice to just have like a fun sleepover, like yeah. your teenagers again or children again. It's just like, we've been, we, I've been having sleepovers. Her name's Jacqueline. I don't think she listens to every podcast episode, but Hey, Jacqueline, my closest out. friends are the ones who are like, Oh yeah, they're not listening. And I'm like, my, but I was like, Jacqueline, um, you know, like we've been having sleepovers since we were eight years old. And so now to be like 34 year old women and, you know, eating, you know, whole food popcorn on her couch and, you know, like it's just so watching do revenge, which is my second update. It's just so nice to have that, um, kind of moment and kind of giggle the way we giggled in high school. It's just really, it's been really refreshing. So I'm at her beautiful home in Santa Monica and it's, it's where I'm recording right now. So that's my update. And that leads into my Fun. second update, which is we watched you revenge last night. It was my second time watching it. Her first 10 out of 10 teen movie plays, you know, homage and respect to the great teen movies of mean girls and clueless and cruel intentions. And it's 
so funny, so well-written, so smart. Um, I think it's written and directed by women. Um, lots of nineties throwbacks, really premium content. Um, (laughs) Like I said, I watched it again with her. We were trying to figure out a movie to watch. We went out to dinner and we had like this little lovely bougie day in Malibu. And then, um, we, we came back and we were trying to figure out which movie. And I was like, this is, this is a sleepover movie. That's um, fun. It's fun. I love that having adult sleepovers. It's yeah, like, that's my update. It does. And when you, when you have t- even just like time together with people you've known a really long time, I think sometimes there's like an ease to that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, I totally can relate. I, I got together with a few friends. We live in four different states now, but we all grew up in New Jersey together. And we recently got together, all of us, for the first time, probably in like 15 years. And it was like, I mean, it was like the eighth grade and we're 36-year-old women. It's like people still bickering like like the eighth grade. It's just really funny. Um, But yeah, that sounds good. I'll have to check out the content. I um. I've been traveling a little bit. Well, this year has been a lot of travel, but I, as many people know, I have a background in theater and music and I sang in even jazz bands for years. And, um, I got to, I was in Detroit for a little while and I got to go to the oldest jazz club in Detroit. And I actually think it's the oldest in the country too. One of the oldest, um, who used to have incredible, they still have incredible performers, but it's called Baker's and not, not much has changed about it since 1934. Um, but I, I went with some friends who are local in Detroit and, um, yeah, it was really fun and, uh, had the history there is pretty incredible. And then when I came back, my good friend had an album release show, um, here in LA and, that was really fun too. Um, over on the east side at a place called the Goldfish for anybody who's local in Highland Park. Check her out. Her name is Leah Ashton, and she's an incredible vocalist and she has an incredible band and wrote this um album that she just put out called Late Bloomer. And here's the little wellnessy thing from her album theme. I love she talks about the concept of late bloomer and that we put these like arbitrary um time, arbitrary time on goals that we have in our life or, or, you know, expectations around when certain things should happen, could happen. And she goes, it doesn't matter when we bloom, just that everybody has the ability to bloom. And so I love that too. And so her album's called late bloomer. And I still think she's an early bloomer because there's so much life left. So, um, but I'm just really proud of her for creating this beautiful album um and this piece of art and uh she speaks to a lot of really relevant themes in in our society right now so go check it out guys um and speaking of bloomers <laughs> we have and beautiful flowers and herbalism and we have Maya back on the show. I know. And Maya is just the best. This is such a good conversation. And um we'll link her first time on the show in our show notes if you want to listen to that. But gosh, she's evolved so much as I think so many of us have, um, just in the last year, I think her episode came out almost exactly a year ago. And so I'm excited for everyone to hear that in a second, but before we do, we just want to remind everyone that this episode is brought to you by milk and honey and milk and honey is so amazing. Female founded, female funded spas, um, and an online boutique based 
uh, originally out of Austin, Texas, and now they have spa locations in Los Angeles, Chicago, and all throughout Texas. And I'm actually due, I'm going back to the Brentwood location in just a matter of weeks, um, for my, for another deep tissue massage, which is a really, really magical and special experience, but we're so excited to offer all of our listeners no matter where you are, if you are fortunate to be in one of their spa locations, you can save 20% off any spa treatment with code CW podcast, any spa treatment. We also were able to curate a courageous wellness retreat that gives you a 60 minute massage and uh, dry brushing for lymphatic drainage and um, full body relaxation. And you get to keep the dry brush after. So you can inquire about that. And for all our listeners in any location, you can save 20% at their online boutique, which carries products from Osea Malibu, Supergoop, Kula Sun Care, Moon Juice, all the amazing clean beauty brands. CW Podcast saves you 20%. So with that, want to get to the episode? Yes. So today on the podcast, we welcome back Maya Howard to the show and we discuss her evolution since the last time she joined us on Courageous Wellness. If you heard Maya's first episode with us, you know about her work in the nutrition space and as the author of the high protein plant-based diet for beginners cookbook. Since then, Maya has evolved quite a bit and has delved into the world of herbalism and earth medicine. She courageously shares her journey through the ending of a relationship and how that led her into a deeper healing and spiritual journey with herself. Maya can now be found working with the Pura Luna Apothecary based in Santa Barbara, California, and is a wonderful support for anyone interested in the benefits of herbalism and holistic living. We always love speaking with Maya and are grateful to her for being vulnerable and sharing her story with us today. This episode is brought to you by NYX, a sustainable and natural mouthwash that aims to eliminate single-use plastic waste while using the highest quality natural ingredients to create a mouthwash that is both gentle on you and gentle on our planet. We are big fans of NYX, so much so that I recently brought it with me on my trip to France. NYX is gentle and effective, utilizing real ingredients with health benefits like peppermint oil and aloe vera. They have nixed the harsh chemicals, alcohol, synthetic additives, and preservatives that pollute your body and our waterways. Instead, leaving us with a natural mouthwash that really works is good for you and good for the planet. Each year, over 500 million plastic mouthwash bottles end up in landfills. That's enough to wrap around the earth three times. This is why NYX is dedicated to nixing single-use plastic through eco-friendly mouthwash crystals. The mouthwash crystals are lightweight and reduce carbon emissions from shipping. It's so incredible. By choosing NYX, you're keeping yourself and mother nature healthy and clean. They also donate 10% of profits to nonprofits that tackle environmental issues and help underprivileged children receive adequate dental care in the U.S. and abroad. There is so much to love about NYX as a company and a product. Fresh Breath is just the top of it. And we know you're going to love it as much as we do. If you want to try NYX, you can save 25% off your first order when you visit NYXmouthwash.com. That's N-I-X mouthwash.com and use code CWPODCAST, one word at checkout. You can also find the direct link in our show notes. 
Before we get to today's episode, we want to tell you a little bit about the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Erica and I are both certified integrative health coaches and now offer health coaching through the Courageous Wellness Collective. We continued our education and received certification through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. IIN has taken the lead in the health coaching industry from its inception and provides a comprehensive curriculum that combines nutrition, coaching, and business. We loved the program and have so many listeners ask us about continuing education for nutrition, health coaching programs, or even just enrolling in higher education to learn more about food and nutrition for themselves. So we are very excited to be able to offer a discount to Courageous Wellness listeners to study at IIN. The program is completely accessible virtually with lectures led by health, wellness, and medical industry experts. To receive up to $2,000 off your tuition, you can use our names, Allie French or Erica Stein at the time of enrollment to receive the tuition discount. We have also included a link in the show notes that will take you directly to IIN to learn more about their wonderful programs. Enjoy today's episode. Well, thank you so much for coming back on the show, Maya. We are so happy to have you. I'm so happy to be invited back. Honestly, like I love talking to you guys so much. So excited. Yeah, Yeah, it was so fun last time. And so if anybody hasn't listened to the first time you were a guest on the show, please go back and listen to that episode. Um, Maya gives a more in-depth journey about her background um, and and your journey. And right before... it was right before you pu- were publishing your book last time as well, which has since been published. So we'd love to spend some time today just talking about that experience, um, your evolution since the last time we've spoken and how that's really, um, you know, how that's really like manifested in your life and your work as well. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. We, yeah, we spoke right uh, before the book was being published, and that was such a crazy time in my life. You know, we were still um, going through the the woes of the pandemic, um, and there was just so much change happening. Um, And the most, the biggest thing that I can take away now that it's like a year out from the book officially being published was like, the magic is in the journey. It's not about the finished product. The, the, uh, The magic was completely in the journey of um, getting that book and that work of art out into the world. I remember um, when it was just being launched online, the ebook version of it, and my publisher was like, Maya, you got to start marketing this. And in my head, I was like, I want to, but I don't want to, because what nobody really knew was under the surface. I was um, during that one of the best times of my life and my career, I was going through such a difficult time personally. Um, I had just come out of a seven year relationship that, you know, I had planned to be in for the rest of my life. And that ended very suddenly and very traumatically. So it was such a delicate balance of, um, taking care of myself, but also showing up for myself and my dreams that I've always envisioned. So it was a wild time. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. I think, yeah, 
It's so beautiful. I love that you mentioned that, how it's in the journey, right? And then you get to the destination and then a new journey begins, right? That's always, I feel like the case so often. And you just mentioned, right. And I feel like so many people actually have ended long-term relationships recently, like the energy just in the last year, so many people I feel like have. So if you're comfortable, would you want to talk about maybe that transition of and like ending? And you said, uh, in such a sudden traumatic way, a seven year relationship with someone you plan to spend the rest of your life with and how you were able to move forward from there. Oh, absolutely. Um, Hmm. I would say the, it was, it was a delicate balance of, um, honoring the time needed to heal while also, you know, not getting stuck in the woe is me life is over. I have nothing, you know, what do I do now? So it's a really delicate and beautiful balance of that. So there was like honoring deep rest and deep retreat, which was so hard while doing such a public thing as publishing a book out into the world. Um, it, so it was that, but also showing up for myself and my dreams. Like I remember as soon as that happened, you know, like there was a day in particular where I had been booked to do this um, virtual food demonstration and talk about my book for um, this huge organization and leading all of these um, women leaders in LA. And I remember being in bed with the curtains drawn, like low key depressed not even low-key, very depressed, but then like taking two hours to get dressed, shower, show up, be in my light and feel so good and then go right back into the dark afterwards. So it was a significant period of that um, a lot last year that um, taught me so much, but it was hard to go through. But at the end of the day, it allowed me to be a better um, teacher and healer for others. Yeah, I think, well, thank you for sharing that. I know it's, it's oftentimes difficult to talk about things that even if we're on the other side of in a new way that were very painful. Um, and you know, it's also very, um, common for the human experience. And oftentimes I think those dark, painful places are the places where we can at least have an opportunity to do a lot of evolution. And I guess I'm speaking for myself too, because I remember going through a a really bad breakup and it was only in that, the darkness of that experience. I was actually talking to someone about this recently that I, I discovered new parts of myself, which is, I guess, similar to what you're talking about in the way that you can show up in a different way as a healer, as a teacher in your work now as well, or in your life too, probably in relationships. But, um, I also, I can, I can relate to that where I, I think I didn't learn that I was fully capable and that I was, um, enough just as myself to show up in the world until I went through something that devastating and so now I can look back with some some levels of appreciation around it because of what I was able to learn about myself. And now that I can bring like into different parts of my life and remember about myself. Um, so as you were working through that and being able to step into this aspect of your light 
I guess, in a professional capacity at the same time while dealing with this pain and the difficulty of, um, of this relationship ending and, and, you know, what is the transformation sort of out of that? Um, like when did you start to feel your light again without, without like not, not on a stage, but like maybe in your own home? Yeah, it definitely came in waves, you know, it took months. It was a roller coaster and just zooming out of, um, that specific relationship. Well, you know, that, that heartbreak allowed so much to come to the surface. So it wasn't just that it was like childhood. It was relationships with family. It was, um, dealing with codependency issues and self-confidence and just so much can rise to the surface. Like that one thing was just a really powerful catalyst. Um, but I would say I started finding my light again when I realized that I wanted it back. And I realized I do not want to be a victim. Um, I have so much work and so much light and so much joy that I want to pursue in this lifetime. So what do I need to not get out of this? Cause I was still very consciously dealing with it, you know, like very active in like therapy and support systems and dealing with all of the things coming up. But I was like, okay, what is my North star in this? And I'm a Gemini rising. So I love to learn and I love to teach. So learning healing tools to put in my medicine bag became my North star. And it was really cool. So that's what led me into this new chapter of my life, which is herbalism. I, I love that so much. Like it almost gave me the chills when you said like, I, I chose, right. Like you made this like almost conscious decision, right. To find your light again. Um, and yes, it opened the door to everything you're doing now, which we're so excited to get into, but for anybody who's listening, who's like really in the thick of that. And like, just hearing that, like, well, I'm not choosing to be so depressed all the time. I'm not like, right. Like, can you maybe elaborate on the tools that you were able to help you make that choice, right. To set yourself, to set yourself up, to make that choice maybe. Yeah. Do you think it was just inherent, right? Cause I know some things are sometimes just inherent too. I think a part of it was definitely inherent, like that desire to like not be stuck. Um, I've never felt like that in my life. I'm a very, I'm a person who just really loves to um, make shit happen and move forward and be in joy and love and light. So that is inherent, but also what I had to learn, which is really hard for me was a surrender. Like I had to surrender to all of the feelings, you know, the feeling crazy one day of, um, of, um, be feeling like I was in so much pain and darkness. And then also like, you know, next moments feeling like hope. And it was so back and forth. There was a period of time where I didn't trust myself, like not to make light of, um, any, um, mental, um, you know, mental health issues, but like, it felt like bipolar, you know? So I think I just really had to surrender to like, it's okay to feel this way right now because life is so crazy and chaotic and unexpected that like, I just need to surrender to it. So there was like, um, yeah. So for anybody going through it right now, I think it's just first like realizing like, it's okay to feel all of this. Um, you know, we don't, we kind of try to 
push ourselves forward. But there was periods of time where like I had to stay in bed with the blinds closed and allow myself to, you know, to not rush forward and to not feel the need to show up for everything that everyone needed me to and just like really pull back. So first off, there's that permission to just feel it all and admit it and recognize like this sucks. This is hard. I don't like this, but, um, you know, not taking the time to do that leads us to compartmentalize and kind of shut off any pain and put blocks up that are even harder to break down later. So feeling the suckiness is kind of a part of it. Yeah, no, it's, it's good to remember that and to hear other people talk about it too. I think because I don't know, sometimes I think we're conditioned to like culturally not admit certainly not to admit to others, but then oftentimes that can lead to also not admitting to ourselves what the honest experiences or being honest with ourselves in those moments. And I think it's only through that honesty that we can actually move through it. Um, as you said, cause otherwise we, we compartmentalize in different ways and it doesn't go away. It just gets stored somewhere else. Um, so one thing you mentioned too, was that coming through this experience, you were drawn to new sets of tools for your toolbox. And I know one of those you've now really kind of taken a dive into the world of herbalism. And so can you share with us a little bit about what drew you to that and what, um, what you've received from it too? Absolutely. And I think I, I kind of love that you said that I was drawn to this new thing um, because that's kind of the craziest part of it is it doesn't feel new. You know, I'm learning, um, learning so much more about herbalism, but it's more of a remembering. And I think that's what's uh, really cool about this whole experience is that I learned to see any hardships or obstacles as a catalyst that leads to this deep accelerated period of like self and spiritual growth. So it's like, I can now look back and see heartbreak as my catalyst that I needed. Like I would not be this person that I am right now if I hadn't been through that. So there's honestly so much gratitude, you know, for that situation and that relationship at what it taught me. Um, but how did I lead to herbalism? I was in therapy, you know, which I think is so beautiful and important. I had a support group of women who were going through similar things. And I, you know, had my friend group that I leaned into, but I was like, I really need some spiritual support um, and some different types of wellness support, you know, like believing in being a holistic wellness practitioner. It's like, okay, I'm taking my care of my mental health, emotional health, but what about spiritual and um, yeah, physical health? So that led me into Pure Luna Apothecary, you know, which is here in Santa Barbara, where I was living at the time. And um, I met this person who is now my beautiful mentor, name is Ash Brown. And I went in and she welcomed me and I was like, this is what I'm going through. I just need help. <laughs> so show me all of the things. So she walked me through the shop and you know, pulled out different bags of tea and herbs and explained for me how to use them. And then just kind of like, let me use my intuition and walk around the store and figure out what pulled to me. So something that I picked up was this book called um, The Witch's Herbal Apothecary. And it's basically, yeah, an intro to herbalism, but in this really cool 
way um, that connects us back to nature and to the earth. So I picked up that book, put it down, checked out. And then I was like, you know what? I want to learn more, Gemini Rising. I want to learn more about what I'm putting in my body. So I was like, what can I do? And she hands me the exact book. Long story short, I end up doing an apprenticeship on the training with the author of the book and kind of stepped into the role of becoming a community herbalist. I love that. That's, um, I mean, it, it feels very fitting. It's always an easy thing to say in retrospect when you see sort of that kind of, um, how, how stories unfold and, um, knowing like the foundation that you had in your own life already and your understanding about food and, uh, from a, you know, a nutrition standpoint, but also from a, a nourishment standpoint. And I don't just mean that in the physical nourishment, because we also know that there's, there's, emotional and, um, spiritual nourishment too, I think in food and how healing it can be. And so it seems like it makes sense to, to see this sort of natural progression into understanding herbs in that way. And I've been to the apothecary and it's so beautiful. And I have to say, when I got to come step in and visit you, I had just gotten married up in Santa Barbara, which was just a beautiful place to do that. Um, and Maya gave me a beautiful love uh, tea <laughs> with a rose and all these things. And, you know, I, I'm certainly a novice other than having gotten to interview different people in, in herbalism and who are herbalists. Um, personally, I'm an, I'm a novice in the space other than just like what I've been exposed to. But, um, what I, I find really fascinating about it is yes, there are the physical benefits or physical components that it can certainly, um, help with treat, whatever it might be support in the body. And there's also this other sort of emotional, spiritual component to it as well. So it's, it seems very holistic in that way. So can you share a little bit, like if, if any of our listeners, maybe have either only been exposed to herbs as something that they've been prescribed or only have heard of certain sort of things. Can you talk, can you talk to us a little bit about how, how herbs work in that way, um, as a healing modality, both from a physical standpoint, but like the other components as well? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, a lot of people, you know, when they hear the herbalist, it the term herbalism kind of sounds like this taboo thing, like, what is this? But like, we've been doing this entire, our entire lives, you know, when you want to relax at the end of the day, you might make a cup of chamomile tea. And you know, everyone that knows it has that association with like relaxation, but it's also the process, the ritual around it of making this conscious decision of, you know, what, I want to take in something that is going to help relax me. It's the taking the time to like brew the, um, to heat up the water and pour it over the tea and um, you know, let it let it infuse, and then holding the warm cup and holding it to your body and smelling it and taking a moment after that first sip to exhale. So we've been doing these practices for a really long time, and they do have um, such physical health benefits, which um, I do focus on and is very important. But I think in our society right now. Uh, we take a lot of nature for granted. And so I think my role is really bringing in the spirituality back into connecting with our food and with plants. 
So I want to use one herb as an example, and that would be ashwagandha. So ashwagandha is this beautiful root, and you know, it's a lot of people are becoming more um, more interested in bringing adaptogenic herbs into their lives. So ashwagandha would be an adaptogen. And like on a physical level, adaptogens really help us counteract the stress response. You know, it helps us with um, making sure we have a healthy balance of cortisol and um, helping our bodies, yeah, respond to stress and come down from those responses. But like on a spiritual level, ashwagandha is a root. Roots, um, are connected to our root chakra energetically. So taking in those herbs um, medicinally or orally, um, while it has the benefits in our body, it also teaches us to feel safe again and to connect to where we are and connect to the earth again and create roots wherever we are so that we can feel safe, protected, um, and so that you know we can be in our expansion of other ways when we're grounded. So that's an example of like how um, an herb or how a plant can have these physical benefits in our body, but also support us energetically and spiritually. This episode is brought to you by Dr. Jen Natural Toothpaste, a toothpaste like no other. There is nothing more important than fresh breath and dental wellness. We've even done episodes on it. And we are so happy to have Dr. Jen Natural Toothpaste as a sponsor of the Courageous Wellness Podcast. Dr. Jen Natural Toothpaste is a toothpaste created by a real dentist using nourishing and natural ingredients proven to remineralize tooth enamel to prevent decay. The founder, Dr. Jen, isn't just someone who got an idea and made a toothpaste. She's a highly trained and experienced dental professional. As a mom of three kids and a dentist, she knows how important it is to provide safe, natural, and healthy products for our long-term health and development. This is what started her on the quest to find a natural toothpaste that actually works. After not seeing an adequate toothpaste available, she took on the challenge to satisfy this gap. Bringing in her prior experience as an engineer and working alongside chemists, she created the ultimate natural toothpaste using clinically proven ingredients to strengthen teeth. We are huge fans of the Yummy Toothpaste with ingredients that are good for you and the environment. All products are also made from sustainable ingredients and biodegradable materials. If you want to try Dr. Jen Natural Toothpaste, you can save 10% with code CWPODCAST, one word, at checkout when you visit www.drjennatural.com. That's www.drjennatural.com. All information can also be found in our show notes. Wow. I mean, just, I, again, like I, I feel like Allie now after doing this so long, like I know I'm having a good conversation when I feel like tingly, like I just like everything you're saying, I'm like, wow, this is, this is so, um, beautiful and incredible. And even just going a little bit back the way you talk about this remembering, it reminds me so much too, of, you know, Allie and I have a Buddhist practice. That's how we met. And a lot of, I feel like the practice is just this remembering of our greatness, right? This remembering of who we are, this remembering that everything is inside of us, right? That we are fundamentally the Buddha. And um, there's this concept I've been thinking a lot about lately 
And this conversation is sparking for me too, is there's this concept of like expedient means, right? So we were all born with this mission that only we could fulfill, but like everything, every struggle, everything kind of is an expedient means that guides us to that. And, um, yeah. And even like my own fascination too, with, I haven't gotten as into herbalism and you're definitely sparking this for me as well. I'm I've gotten so into nature though. Like I literally hug trees when I'm out and I like touch trees and I stop and take pictures of trees. Like I'm really into trees all of a sudden, but, um, that's kind of where it started and ended for me at this point, but I I definitely am curious about exploring it. But, um, even my own interest in like astrology, and I know we talked about human design and that kind of spiritual world that I know you're really exploring too, that I'd love for you to discuss as well. Um, it makes so much sense because right. If we chose, I don't know, this could be a little, but if we like I know a lot of the spirituality is like, well, we chose when we were born and that's why what was in the stars for our own astrology makes so much sense to our kind of human contract, right? As you keep mentioning, you're a Gemini rising. So it's like the learning, the exploration of that. Um, yeah. I don't know if you can touch on like that component of your spirituality too, and how that's continued to evolve. And maybe because you continue to mention you're a Gemini rising, can you share your other your big three or your big five, if you want to, since I feel like you might know it, your Mars and Venus and, um, and your human design as well. Oh my gosh. I didn't know there was a big five. Okay. But I know them. I think Capricorn sun, um, Gemini rising Libra moon, which is Libra my, moon. she keeps me so balanced. I love her. <laughs> um, my Venus is an Aquarius, which mm. I'm learning a lot about, and it's like, yeah, when it comes to love and relationships, I desire something that is so fucking out of this world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I work with magical, and it's like, if you're not going to love me right, <laughs> then don't love me at all. <laughs> yes. My Mars is in Taurus. Mm. Yeah, so I'm such a grand, peaceful warrior. <laughs> Ali, your Mars is in Taurus. Is my Mars in Taurus or my Venus in Taurus? Means your Venus. Yeah, I don't see. I'm always the worst. Erica's like, I'm like, Erica, it's either your Mars or your Venus. No, I love it. It's your Mars or your Venus, but it's a very grounded. grounded. I'm an Earth sign for love and war, (laughs) love and warrior. So, um, yeah, I fight and love very grounded and clean. Although I'm fire, I'm triple Aries for Sun, Moon, and and Rising. So there's a lot of fire everywhere else, but when it comes to like true, like love and um. War. War. I'm very common very grounded. grounded. Yeah. Um, Maya, we're very similar, which doesn't, well, I mean, in different positions, but my sun is in Libra. My moon is in Aquarius and my rising is um, Capricorn. So I just like, we have lots of vibes. <laughs> yeah. And I'm so. glad you brought these things up because herbalism and this journey that I've been on this conscious healing journey has really taught me how interconnected everything is and there really is no right or wrong way to do spirituality you know you guys identify as Buddhist I was raised Christian you know there's um but I also really relate to Hindu culture and Indian philosophy like I have so many connections there and this journey has really taught me like there are so many different truths you know from our individual perspectives And at the end of the day, it's love. (laughs) 
we're here to learn how to love, you know, despite all of these differences or in despite all of these um, different ways that we connect to source, to God, to spirituality, to higher truths. Like it's, it's okay that we all have different routes, you know, um, but learning how interconnected everything is like um, herbalism has taught me how to connect with the elements of nature, mm-hmm. fire, water, air, ether, and earth. Um, and how representative all of those elements are in plants. Um, it's also taught me about what some people call magic. Some people just call like energy work, but um, how plants also have protective qualities, you know? Yes, yeah, I, I think yeah. language is really what gets in the way. I, I took, I've taken like a Buddhism and Christianity lecture. I, I did a lecture series in college on Buddhism and Christianity. And I've done through our Buddhist organization, they've had Buddhism and Christianity, like l- lectures for lack of a better word. And, um, even again, as I learn more about astrology and, you know, as you're mentioning about herbalism, I think language can be so like dividing, whereas fundamentally so much of spirituality and religion at its core is very, very similar. And, um, yeah, I just, I think language can be really divisive and, um, yeah, I think it's really cool. And I love, I love these conversations. So (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And, and Maya, what you said too, is I think kind of boils it all down to this idea of love. Like how do we learn to love? How do we learn to love ourselves? How do we learn to love others? How do we learn to love the planet? And yet it's all interconnected. It's not, um, not separate, you know, our, our experience learning to love and respect ourselves is not separate from the way that we learn to love and respect others too there. So the way you talk about the link of it all, I think resonates as, um, yeah, as a, a truth that, you know, is part of the human journey and experience and, and, um, maybe we find different tools as, as you've been sharing a lot of your tools with us and our listeners. And, um, and sometimes we can use different tools at different seasons of life too. Um, and I think your experience that you've shared with us so far today kind of shows that, that through evolution, sometimes we can find and connect with and see the benefit in adding new tools, um, not new in the sense of new, um, I mean, herbalism is ancient. And so many of these things, maybe and this, actually, you bring up a good point too. I said new before in the sense of like new in your wheelhouse, but not, but what you're talking about too, is like the remembrance. It's actually like a connecting to something that's ancient, that's been around for so many modalities have. And I think it's an important thing to point out because just because something in like Western culture isn't necessarily quote unquote mainstream in any given moment or trendy in any given moment, like, or becomes commodified or, uh, becomes, you know, basically like capitalism has its way with it. It's like, that doesn't make something valid or not. And that doesn't make something new or not. And so there are so many modalities that as we like learn to connect to ourselves, and explore, as you were t- saying too, like even in ancient 
kind of Indian practice. There's Ayurveda and there's herbalism and the way that you're talking about it. And we had someone on the show recently, who's talking to us about her journey with, um, like the, like, I think it, for her, it was South American traditions and, um, ancient indigenous traditions in South America that she was very, very connected to. And, and actually she's an herbalist as well. Um, use that as a part of her herbalism journey and understanding. Um, so it's like things that have existed and there's this like wisdom that's existed for, for thousands and thousands of years and connecting that, connecting to that, I think sometimes can be a way to connect deeper to ourselves or in, in your case, talking also about connection to plants and to nature. Um, can you talk about how you're saying like, it's all intricately linked. Can you talk about your relationship with the living world, with the natural world now that you have explored this deeper for yourself? Uh, yeah, it honestly, is so healing for my inner child because I just go back and confirm everything that she felt, you know, like I, my earliest, one of my earliest memories as a child, which I talk about in the intro to my book is like standing in the garden with my dad. I just remember I was barefoot and I had this like piece of sage in my hand, <laughs> ironically sage. Um, and I just remember feeling the sun and just feeling like, oh my God, this is my favorite feeling in the world and creating such a whole body memory in that moment. <clears throat> So now that I'm doing these things and I'm kind of embracing the path of like the wise woman, the wild woman, all these different archetypes of the woman, um, it feels magical. It feels so fun. So, you know, like as a 31 year old now, like I just go for walks barefoot and, you know, like look at the trees and Erica, like you said, like hug trees, like trees are so, trees are grandmothers and just um, acknowledging that it is okay for me to be somebody who sees magic in the most mundane things that people don't notice. And that's been so freeing and so healing on a deep level to, um, you know, to release and to just like step into like who I am and embody that. And, you know, the more that I do that, the more that it's coming out externally on my like platforms and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's so beautiful again, the way you talk about it. And I feel like hopefully for anybody who's listening too, cause I feel like, again, so many people right now are in such transitional times and to hear about the way, right? Like this big catalyst, this big sudden change, seven years is such a long time. Right. And then to see where you've come out of it. Right. Or even if, and is that fair? I guess that's a question. Do you feel like you've come out of it or do you feel like there are still moments, right. Of, I don't know if grief is the right word, but grief is what comes to mind, right. Of grief for that, maybe former self or former love. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's kind of both in that, in that sense. And it kind of like creates the, you know, the separation between like the human experience versus the soul experience. Like, yeah, my human gets like sad at times, um, or Iana still holds that grief, you know, the body keeps score is the name of that book. Um, and so that I have to work through releasing still from my physical body. Um, but then there's moments of that soul ascension and higher perspective. And that's when I get into the moments of gratitude. And that's when I'm honestly at my best, um, is when I'm able to 
you know, know that all of that grief and, you know, stuff is still there and there's still things to work through, but also from a higher perspective, having gratitude for the experiences that shape me because I'm honestly the happiest I've ever been in my life and I'm glowing differently and I'm showing up differently. And the work that I put into the world is just like evolving so beautifully because of what I went through. So it's hard, honestly, to like look back and be like, well, I regret that. Or I wish I hadn't gone through that. I can't say that. Yeah. Of course. That I wouldn't be where I am right now, which is like this really dope place. Yeah. 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 I'm happy. I'm happy for you that you're at a really dope place. That's a good place to be in. Yeah. And I think sometimes also those, you know, like, as we know, the, the human experience, it's not like we can like go through transformation and there's going to be new challenges and new, um, obstacles and opportunities. And, um, and that's just a part of the continued evolution. And I think that when we can look back, especially on like real catalysts or pivotal moments of transformation in our life, even if they are painful. And maybe this is just the process of, of aging and evolving, but, um, it's like, okay, at least there's some sort of hindsight and retrospect that like, I can move through difficult things and create such value on the other side. And that as I mean, this maybe sounds like I was like said to Erica, like a little Buddhist of me, but like this idea of it's like, I've learned this about myself and it doesn't mean like the stuff in front of me might not be super challenging and difficult or, um, you know, create an obstacle. But I also know that like, I now can trust in the trust in my life and trust in myself and that get that greater self or that higher self that you're talking about too. So maybe it's just like, approaching the new obstacles with more wisdom or, you know, or with more trust in oneself, um, which is, is kind of exciting. Mm -hmm. Exactly what it is. We want to take a quick break from this episode to tell you about today's sponsor, Milk and Honey. Milk and Honey is a female founded and funded brand that began as a luxury day spa in Austin, Texas, and has since grown to include eight locations across Texas and Los Angeles, California, as well as a line of bath, body, and skincare products born from the spa. One of Milk and Honey's best-selling products is the natural deodorant, which is loved by Zoe Kravitz and was featured in her Vogue's Beauty Secrets video. I've been using the baking soda free version exclusively for over two, three years. This gentle aluminum free baking soda free deodorant was designed to nourish sensitive skin while keeping you feeling and smelling fresh all day long. It never gave me any itchy red bumps when I switched over and passed the smell test, even after an intense workout. It truly is the best and comes in two scents, lavender tea tree and lemon vanilla. In addition to clean deodorant, their online boutique also offers clean beauty products from top brands, including Osea Malibu, Virtue, Moon Juice, Kula Sun Care, Super Goop, and more. Some favorite products of mine other than the deodorant include Milk and Honey's Gel Cleanser, Super Goop Glow Screen and SPF 40, which I now buy on their site, and Osea's Body Oil and Vegas Nerve Oil, which activates the body's relaxation response and helps regulate stress. 
Their spas are also lovely, and we are both big fans of their spa treatments. And we now offer discounts at both the online boutique and spa locations on all spa and med spa treatments. We are also thrilled to partner with Milk and Honey to offer a courageous wellness spa package called the Courageous Wellness Retreat at a discounted rate. The Courageous Wellness Retreat combines a 60-minute milk and honey signature massage, which is a Swedish massage tailored to your needs, focusing on relaxation and stress relief combined with body brushing, an exfoliating and detoxifying treatment that uses a natural bristle brush that you get to take home to stimulate your lymph and circulation while also reviving dull skin. Courageous Wellness listeners can enjoy 20% off your next order at milkandhoney.com and 20% off your first spa service at any Milk and Honey location with code CWPODCAST. Visit milkandhoneyspa.com to find a location near you. And if you want to try the Courageous Wellness Spa package offered at a special rate, use the code Courageous Wellness Retreat to redeem. This is not able to be combined with any other discount or promotion. You can also find all the information in our show notes. This episode is brought to you by BASE. Ever wanted to figure out why you are feeling sluggish or bloated or what's really up with your stress levels or why you never feel truly rested with base at home blood work kits, a simple finger prick or saliva sample makes it easy to find out the answers to common health concerns. Whether you know which tests you want to get started with, or you need some guidance, BASE's proprietary assessment quiz makes it easy to begin your health journey empowered with an understanding of your own body. Members can measure, understand, and improve their health levels related to the five most common areas of health concerns, diet, stress, energy, sleep, and sex drive. The result of your hormone, vitamin, or nutrient tests are delivered to you through BASE's app and come with personalized recommendations, including lifestyle changes, supplement suggestions, and more. We both had the opportunity to try base and we love having the information at our fingertips and really recommend it as a resource. You know, we are huge proponents of advocating for your own health and base gives you a baseline information about yourself just to make it easier. Pricing starts at $59.95 per month or quarterly, or you can start with base complete, which are eight tests upfront for four fifty. We are happy to be able to offer our listeners 20% off with the code CW podcast to get started. Take the base quiz, which will give you a recommendation for a personalized testing plan. Visit get base.com slash CW podcast to receive 20% off with code CW podcast at checkout. You can also find the direct link to the quiz in our show notes. And that is the biggest thing that I've pulled out. So when I work with people every day in the apothecary and people come in with all of these different issues and intentions and, um, you know, I've learned to kind of be an expert in like heart healing and grief medicine. Yeah. It's taught me that grief doesn't look, it doesn't always come in the form of a breakup. You know, there's so many ways beyond romantic relationships that we can have our hearts broken. It can be through all types of relationships. It's, it can be from like having a dream and that just doesn't work out. So it's taking this like thing that happened and then like zooming outwards and it's like, okay, what was the massive lesson for that? It was learning how to trust. It was learning that life is a cycle and a spiral. You know, we, we you know, are given this picture of like climbing a ladder in life or going upstairs. 
And that is not how life is. Life is a spiral that spirals into a spiral and then spirals. <laughs> and I've learned about this constant cycle of like death, void, rebirth, death, mm-hmm. void, rebirth that we're always gonna go through. So it's always gonna be something, but it's like, okay, when this happens, I have all of these tools in my medicine bag, you know, like prayer, meditation, um, herbalism, rest, um, talking, socializing, you know, all of these different things that we have. And so that's the biggest lesson. Yeah. Well, gosh, you know, thank you so much. You are such like a well of wisdom. I feel like we're definitely going to have to do a part three later on. Like this is definitely not going to be our last conversation. Um, on or off the podcast, but you know, we do have these three wrap up questions. And one of the questions we always start with, right. Is like, what are some of your self-care practices and non-negotiables? But I'm actually curious if it's okay with you, Allie, I'm, I don't know why I just, I've been so interested in like morning and evening routines lately. And especially because you, um, have this new, like so many new practices. Um, I'm just curious, like with like, what are some of your self-care non-negotiables? Like how has maybe your morning and evening routines shifted since adding herbalism into your life? Ooh, that's a great question because I feel like for the first time in my life, I actually have those routines. Um, and it's not in the sense of, you know, at one point I was reading all these books and learning about this is what successful people do, you know, and it's so rigid. And I think the beauty of my routines is that they change as needed, but some things stay constant. So in the morning, I still do the phone check thing. You know, they say, don't check your phone. I still do it. Probably never going to get away with it sometimes. Um, But I also, you know, like I have altars set up around my house right now. So, um, you know, those things are very personal. So I don't say exactly what's on there, but like I'll sit at my altar, put in my headphones and do like a mantra meditation and just do like a deep prayer for gratitude, kind of setting that energetic tone for the day, Um, whether I do it at night or in the morning when I shower, I express gratitude for the water and I imagine it cleansing my aura and um, kind of refreshing me. Like I always do like some type of tea. So like today I'm working with metals that I actually just posted on my Instagram about today. So I'll sit and have some tea. And um, when I get dressed for the day, (laughs) which is fun now, um, getting, being able to work outside of the home. So actually getting up and getting dressed, like I'll dress in color correspondences, like what I'm feeling, you know, like if it's Mars day, I'll put on my carnelian for like energy, um, checking on the astrology for the day and, you know, kind of preparing like that. So that's my morning. Um, evening, I have learned to transition outside of work. So like I always do some type of transition exercise, whether it's like a 20 minute nap or taking my dog for a walk or taking a shower or something. But kind of like really creating that boundary of switching from like work mode to like, okay, personal self-care time, energy reset. I've learned over the last year how deeply of an empath I am and how much sticks on me. So it's a very conscious um, cleansing of that. It's candles, it's incense, it's dancing in the moonlight. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's fun to hear that. And it's just, this is like a, a kind of, um, a little asterisk when 
people, I've heard this before when we've interviewed people, but you kind of incorporate it naturally into your routine. When people work with other people in their profession, in the sense of seeing people or are in some sort of like healing practice, even, I mean, doctor, whatever it might be, but where you're seeing clients or seeing patients. And as you said, you are very sensitive to their energy. This idea of taking this time to sort of cleanse for yourself, it makes a lot of sense because I've heard this concept of um, compassion fatigue before. And I think it's, again, language, but this idea of like, if you're feeling everybody else's sort of energy throughout the day to kind of get, get this moment where it's like, okay, this is mine. This is not mine and give yourself that time. So, um, thank you for sharing that. And I just wanted to point that out because that's been brought up a few times with practitioners on the show, this idea of how do I, how do I fill myself back up mm-hmm. after yeah. I'm, I'm giving? Yeah. Okay. So the second question is, um, what does being courageous mean to you? Hmm. I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, what I would say to people going through a difficult transition is feeling it all. It takes a lot of courage to allow pain to rise to the surface and like allow yourself to process that. Um, feeling it all <laughs> is very courageous. Um, and then also paired with that is um, choosing to like, you know, deal with the circumstances that have been handed to you while like reaching for that North node, reaching for a light, like it's very courageous to know that, okay, I'm in this place right now, but like, I want to get, um, I want to get to the higher perspective part of it. So it, even if you're not like on that walk yet of walking forward out of circumstance, it's, it, it takes a lot of courage to just admit, like, I don't want to be here forever. Yeah. So beautiful. And the last question we always ask is, do you have a book that you would like to recommend to our audience that's been inspiring to you along this part of your journey um, or a piece of content, anything that's been inspiring you? Mm-hmm. Um, and the first thing that's come, I do have a book that I wanted to share, just something that just popped into my head in terms of resources is your own intuition. So like, I recommend for anyone to like, create more moments of silence because there's so much that we can learn in silence that we can't learn in books. You know, when we tune into our body, we're able to figure out um, what we need and maybe like what the path is forward and able to listen to our spirit guides and our inner wisdom. So that's first, like as a resource, that's not usually recommended as a resource is yourself. Um, but the second, the second thing I want to recommend is, um, this beautiful book called The Art and Practice of Spiritual Herbalism. And that was written by a beautiful um, woman of color named Empress Karen Rose. So she has an apothecary and a botanica in Brooklyn, but it's a really beautiful book that explains the health benefits of herbs, as well as contraindications and how to use them, like teas versus tinctures, all of that. But it also really talks about spirituality um, and specifically African spirituality. So it's a beautiful book for anyone to dive into and explore. If you want to learn about spiritual herbalism. Thank you, Maya. And thank you for being back with us today. It's always a pleasure to see you and chat with you. And um, if anybody wants to find you, follow you, work with you, where can they do that? 
yeah, <laughs> I'm in career transition right now and it's so beautiful, um, but also a little like, oh. So the book is still available, The High Protein Plant-Based Diet for Beginners, um, wherever you can find books. So that is a great resource, you know, if you're looking to um, learn how to work with um, plants nutritionally in your diet. Um, I'm also located in Santa Barbara right now, so you can catch me physically at Pure Luna Apothecary here. And then online, I just changed my Instagram handle like two days ago from Maya's Healthy Day to Maya Meets Gaia. Um, so Gaia is that Greek goddess of Earth, Mother Earth, Panchamama. So that's where I can be found um, if you have any questions or want to chat more. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net, where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.